You're listening to Still Standing with Valerie Silvera. On every episode, I talk to you about uplifting, empowering, and inspirational topics that can help you to stand up and fight those beasts in your life and to just live a life filled with much more happiness, strength, and courage. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or on SoundCloud so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. You can also find this directly on my website at ValerieSilvera.com. You are not alone. I am standing with you. Hello there, my friends. Have you ever been disappointed? Okay, that was a stupid question, wasn't it? Of course you've been disappointed. We have all been disappointed. There are a couple of different ways in which we become disappointed. And I would say the first thing is the expectations that we have of certain events occurring in our life or how our lives will turn out, certain things happening. The other is the disappointment we have when we have expectations of other people, right? Probably the third thing is we end up disappointed by ourselves when we don't accomplish something or we don't stick with something or something like that. But I would say the majority of disappointments we experience come from these events that we wish, hope, dream would happen that don't or that turn out far different than we had imagined. And then of course those disappointments that we have with regard to other people. I know that I've had a ton of disappointments in my life. Starting out in my early life, I had disappointments as a very small child. And, you know, I think that, first of all, let's just say that life is full of disappointments. And some of that is just life. And we have to quit getting so uptight and so messed up over these disappointments because that's life. We're always going to have certain visions in our head of how things are going to turn out and then become disappointed when they don't. So for instance, have you ever had an expectation about a certain holiday or party or gathering or wedding, you know, whatever, some kind of event, some occasion that you had in your mind, all played out how it was going to be. And in fact, sometimes we even play out what people are going to say and who's going to do what. And I mean, I've done that. Visualize the whole thing in your mind. The problem with that, of course, is that you absolutely cannot anticipate, not even close to anticipate, how each person's going to act, who's going to say what, when, who's going to sit where, who's going to do what, who's going to arrive on at this time. It's impossible. So you are setting yourself up for disappointment for sure, especially if you go to that extent. That's not to say that you shouldn't expect to have a good time or envision having a good time. And I actually really believe in visualization. I think that it's really important to place your mind in that state of mind to expect to have a good time. But here's the key. Decide that you're going to have a good time no matter what happens. Not just if things turn out your way. Have you ever been disappointed by somebody else? I'm pretty sure if you follow me, you have. Because most of the people that follow me have had all hell broke loose. Break loose, excuse me. Have lived on that roller coaster from hell. Have had a really big major life event. Most of the people who follow my messaging have come to me because of that. So 
I'm going to assume you've been pretty disappointed by another person in your life too. I know that I was. I mean, I would say disappointment though is a bit of an understatement. For me to say that I was disappointed that Jamie, who some of you know as Jordan in my first uh, books, my daughter's name is actually Jamie, but I, I'm pretty sure that um, saying that sh the smartest, most gifted person that I knew winding up an addict, winding up in the world that she ended up living in was a disappointment, I would say that's a pretty big understatement. You may consider this big thing that's happened to you not really a disappointment, but something far beyond a disappointment. But for purposes of this discussion, let's consider that those are disappointments too. They're just big whoppers or one disappointment after the other, that whole cascading disappointment process. I get it. So really what I wanted to talk to you this morning about is how in the world do you manage those disappointments? Because that's really the key to the whole thing, managing the disappointments, dealing with those disappointments in a productive way, in a constructive way, in a way that ends up helping you rather than damaging you. Because I think for most people, these little disappointments even, one on top of the other can cause a big, huge problem for you where you end up feeling disappointment in general, disappointed by life. I mean, seriously, if I look back on my life, on what I thought I would be doing at 56 years old, where I thought I would be, who I thought would be in my life and what they'd be doing, it is a 180 probably in a lot of areas. But I have a lot of great things going on in my life too that I didn't anticipate. So I think that if, you know, if you choose to focus on one area, if you choose to focus in that area, you're going to be disappointed because life is never going to unfold just like you wanted it to. I shouldn't say never because maybe it happens for some people, but I think it is a minute microcosm of the population that experience that. For most of us, it's kind of like what John Lennon said, life is what happens to us while we're busy making other plans, right? So how do we manage these disappointments? Well, I wanted to today relate all of them to my nine actions to battle your beast. And these nine actions are also nine actions for everyday life. And I think they can really help you to put things in perspective and manage disappointments. Okay, first off, action number one is to decide to stand up and fight. So now how in the world is that thing going to relate to managing disappointments. Well, the action is called decide to stand up and fight, but there's a lot more to that action. It is about deciding that you are going to keep standing no matter what. So that would mean deciding to stand even through these big disappointments, deciding to get back up, deciding that although you have been disappointed by this major thing or these little disappointments over and over and over, you are going to stand up and fight for your happiness. You're going to stand up and fight for a good life. So you decide that you are not going to let this disappointment take you down. Because, I mean, really, what? why would you do that? Whatever's happened's happened. You can't go back in the past and change it. So you really stand at a crossroads every time you're feeling overwhelmed by disappointment, even after these little tiny disappointments. You stand at a crossroads every single time and you get to decide 
whether you're going to allow this to make you bitter or make you better. It's your choice. Action number two of the nine actions to battle your beast is to get on your spiritual armor. Whatever it is you believe, I think spiritual armor needs to be on 24-7 because this thing is so big. Whatever, life is this thing. I This thing, let me call it life. Life is big. And life is becoming more complicated and more stressful as time goes on in technology and all sorts of things going on in this world. You have never needed spiritual armor probably more than now. So your spiritual armor is your source of strength because God is your source of strength. Peace, patience. See, there's a lot to, the, to nurturing your spirit, to allowing God to be in partnership with you that can help you to manage disappointments, to look at disappointments differently. In fact, which I'll talk about probably as I go on. These things that I talk about, by the way, these podcasts I do are very spontaneous. I come up with a subject, I have maybe a couple notes, sometimes I have no notes, and I just kind of let it evolve. So when I say I'm gonna talk about it in a moment, hopefully I'll remember exactly what I was gonna talk about in a moment, but you'll get definitely get a lot out of listening to each one of these actions as they relate to disappointments. Action number three of the nine actions to battle your beast is to put on your oxygen mask. So this is all about self-care. This is about, for one thing, lowering your stress. So let's talk about that in relation to this whole subject we're talking about today, which is managing disappointments. If you're taking care of yourself, you're trying to live in peace and not in chaos and anger and take care of yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, living in a state of constant disappointment is not taking care of yourself. That's adding undue stress to your life. It's stress you don't need. So if you consider what this kind of thing is doing to you, living in constant disappointment, allowing yourself to be disappointed by this, that, and the other thing, and this person, and every little thing, that is not self-care. That's not taking care of yourself, and it is certainly not lowering your stress. Self-care, spiritual armor, and deciding. That's where we are so far on this whole disappointment thing. Action number four is really critical in this subject because action number four is to build your circle of strength. And when you go in, if you have read Still Standing After All the Tears, you might remember about the circle of strength. If you don't already have one, get a workbook and really, well, I mean, use all the sections in the workbook. But the section on building your circle of strength can be so incredibly helpful and especially in this thing with managing disappointments because a lot of the disappointments that we experience with regard to other people, and I think a lot of your disappointments are in regard to other people, they have to do with us putting unrealistic expectations on people. So in other words, having an expectation that somebody will act in a certain way based on where they are in their life. So in, for example, me expecting my daughter to show up on time during a period of years where she hadn't shown up at all, that would be an unrealistic expectation. And then I'm just setting myself up for disappointment. And we, we can think about this in so many other ways. Another thing might be maybe you have somebody in your life who you love very, very much. I can think of, of a couple people like this in my life that I love very much, they're good people and all that, but they're really not very generous, selfless people. 
they're pretty much self-centered, self-absorbed, but they're really nice people. I mean, I love them, but they're not going to go out of their way for other people. So for you to expect somebody that's wired like that or that is choosing to be like that, some people are wired like that and then choosing to be like that, for you to expect somebody to be there for you all the time when that's not how they are, you're just setting yourself up for disappointment. Perhaps that person shouldn't be in your inner circle. And where we get confused sometimes is we put people in our inner circle based on how much we love them or the title of the relationship we have with them. They might not be the people we want to be the most influenced by. Don't confuse love with where people belong in your circle of strength. If you get in there and really manage your circle of strength and understand, better understand relationships, you can stop being so disappointed by people and even go out and create some more relationships, some different relationships that will, those people that you can count on for certain things. So I hope that makes sense to you. A lot of our disappointments have to do with unrealistic expectations of people. Action number five of the nine actions to battle your beast is to change your attitude. We could probably just talk about attitude all day long because everybody needs to change their attitude. I mean, maybe not everybody, but pretty much everybody, including me, and I'm in the attitude business. I'm adjusting my attitude all the time. I'm changing it constantly because old habits die hard. That's for sure. Having to do with disappointments, you can change your attitude about this. You can decide that when something disappointing happens, you're not going to let it ruin your day. You're not going to let it make you become a cynical person. A person who's bitter and angry and frustrated. That starts with how you think, your mindset. It starts with your attitude. So you get to decide. Oh, well, you know, that's just the way she is. No big deal. Still love her. Or you can decide, I'm going to be angry and I can't believe she never does this and doesn't do that. And, you know, I can, I'm going to be all frustrated. That's your decision, right? Going back to action number one, you get to decide if you're going to let that ruin your day. You're going to decide if you're going to keep sticking that person in your inner circle, even though they're a negative, cynical person and you're frustrated all the time and they're not helping you and they're negatively impacting you. Those are your decisions. And it really starts with your attitude. Action number six is another critical. All these actions are critical to managing disappointments, but action number six in particular, because that is about what we focus on. Action number six is to adjust your focus. So if you're constantly focused on what you've lost, for instance, wow, that's going to keep you so stuck as a victim, literally as a victim, constantly focused on that. I try to focus on the fact that I had a daughter for 30 years that I loved with all my heart, that I still love with all my heart. I focus on the first 15 years of her life that was wonderful. And I even choose to focus on the last 15, those little snippets, those ways in which she taught me something. So see, that's, that's how I change that up. I choose what I focus on so I don't live in this constant state of disappointment. If you live in a constant state of disappointment over somebody you've lost in your life, that is definitely going to keep you stuck in grief. You're going to get swallowed up by that hole in your heart. 
So you get to choose whether or not you're going to focus on what you've lost or focus on what you had with that person or that situation or on what you do have right now, which is even more important. We had somebody who we considered a friend, almost family, that ripped us off. I don't want to get into all the details of it, but it was a very large sum of money. I mean, it was the bulk of what we had saved up, you know, what we had for our future. And it's gone. It is poof, bye-bye, gone. And so, you know, it, it, we, we find that as a challenge every now and then. Most of the time, it's gone. But that could be a humongous disappointment if we allowed ourselves to focus on that. We just don't do that. It's gone. What are we going to do? I mean, you know, that's just foolish to focus on something that's gone. What could have been, what should have been, what would have been. Coulda, shoulda, and woulda are not good people to hang out with. I talked about that in action number six. I mean, excuse me, action number five in the nine actions to battle your beast. Let's move on to action number seven. This is also a big one having to do with managing disappointments because action number seven is to stop being a control freak. Yep, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to me. I'm talking to all of us. We all tend to be control freaks in some way. And so being a control freak has to do with letting go. And what's significant about this action is it has to do with letting go of your control over things and people. It also has to do with using the F word, which is forgiveness. Manage your disappointments by resisting your need, your habit of wanting, desiring, and trying to control everything. Such as what I talked about earlier in this message with an event, a get together, something like that. We have all these expectations of how it's going to go and how it's going to feel and who's going to do what and how it's going to look and everything's got to be perfect and all that stuff. Let go of your need to control everything. And that includes being a perfectionist. And listen, you're hearing right now from one. I have perfectionist tendencies. Don't you like how I call myself perfectionist tendencies <laughs> rather than I'm a perfectionist? You know, I'm trying to quit. So I understand is what I'm trying to say. I understand. And I also understand when you've gone through something big and all hell is broken loose that you really became controlling, you know, trying to control everything. If you can really work on this, you know, this forgiveness thing, forgiving yourself, forgiving others, and um, just letting go of your need to control every situation and be more go with the flow. When you stop trying to control everything, that's really when you gain control over your life. It's amazing. And... Let's go on to action number eight. Action number eight is to stand on your story. Now, on its merit, you would think standing on your story means that you're going to stop living in shame and guilt. And what does that have to do with disappointments? Well, it actually has a lot to do with disappointments. Because a lot of the disappointments that we feel in life have to do with these things that happened that caused us to feel guilty or caused us to feel shame. And when we start to peel the layers of shame off and we start to get rid of the guilt and we start to just stand up and, and claim our lives, boy, can we get rid of a lot of disappointments. As, now, here's the significant thing about action number eight, standing on your story. This is not just about climbing up and standing and saying, okay, I'm okay for, with whatever happened. It's also about making the decision to be the best person you can, not in spite of your story, but because of it. So... When it comes to disappointments, what can you learn from them? 
What can you learn from that situation that didn't go well? How can you become a better person because of all this junk that's happened? Also, you becoming a better person will put you in a different mindset. Action number nine is to make meaning from the madness. So that's about giving back, making meaning from whatever's happened. And that might seem a little interesting for you to consider with regard to managing disappointments, but giving back, making meaning, you know, making something meaningful from all the stuff you've been through, including your massive disappointments is critical to you in the future, even having more disappointments or so many disappointments. But it's also about getting you outside of your own story, outside of your pain, outside of everything being about this thing that you have going on in your life. And I'm not trying to diminish it. I'm not trying to say your beast isn't big and you don't have to compare it to anybody else's because a beast is a beast is a beast. And to you, it's big. And you know, to me, mine's big. But we either stay entrenched in that, sucked into that, down in the muck and mire of it, or we stand on top of our story and we go out and we start to make some meaning. And when you go out and make meaning, when you put all of these nine actions into your life, you will find that you are so um, grateful for your life. Oh, gratitude, that's another one. Gratitude is huge, 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 huge in all of this. When you start to live that way, you will find that you won't have to manage your disappointments so much because you won't have so many of them. So remember, in managing your disappointments, first of all, we all have them. It happens. If you have big dreams, you're going to have big disappointments. I want to mention something too. I've been through many, many different goal setting sessions and things like that in my life. And, and I'm, I'm fine with having goals and I think goals are good to have in certain areas. Of course, they give you something to strive toward. I personally have become a fan of short-term goals, not so much long-term goals. And I know that people who are in the you know, long-term goal business would cringe if they heard this, but it's just my opinion. I, I find that in my life and so many other people that I've communicated with, Life has turned out so different, especially in the long term from what they ever imagined, and most of it not in a good way, that you know it causes this, this constant state of disappointment. I feel like having shorter term goals makes a little more sense, especially for those of us who have these major things going on, because those are a little more manageable, and when, it, when they don't happen the way we think, it's easy to set another short-term goal. What happens is when your whole long-term thing falls apart, and it's basically falling apart as you go during these short-term goals, um, but you're waiting and waiting for the long-term thing, you get there and the whole thing falls apart and, it, and a lot of time has, has elapsed. Lots of times it causes people to forget dreaming altogether, forget having any goals, forget having any vision for their future. So I think that not looking too far into the future can be helpful because you know the other thing is nobody even really knows the future. The other thing is to, two more things. One is to be willing to dream a new dream, a different dream. Listen, I could have never imagined, ever imagined doing this. I can imagine teaching and training and all of that. That's been in my blood since day one, but I couldn't imagine this being my messaging. Are you kidding me? I wouldn't, I mean, my messaging is built on a story where my daughter became a heroin addict and she ended up shot and then she was murdered. And I mean, I don't want that story but it's my story. So be willing to dream a new dream. So I have new dreams. 
even with that hole in my heart, I've allowed myself to dream again. And here's another thing that's really critical is be willing to be flexible. This is the same thing as dreaming a new dream, changing those short-term goals that I talked about. Be flexible. I mean, life happens. There are so many things that are outside of your control. In fact, most of life is outside of your control. So be willing to be flexible. Be willing to say, okay, well, that's not exactly how I thought this thing was going to turn out, but let me see what I can do with what I've learned, what I've experienced, the wisdom I've gained, the people who've been placed in my path. What can I do to make a turn? You know, just turn the crank a little bit, make a shift. Dream a new dream. So just remember, don't allow these disappointments to destroy you, to destroy your hope, your faith, your dreams, your belief that life can still be good no matter what. Use all these nine actions to help you to manage life's disappointments because everybody's going to have them, but we all have a choice as to how they're going to impact us. Have an awesome day. This has been another uplifting episode of Still Standing with Valerie Silvera. Remember to visit ValerieSilvera.com slash podcast to subscribe via SoundCloud or iTunes.